to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh eh if you are obedient you are calling the bible ala ba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing if the light goes on it's not enough it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines No, my life will not just go on. It's not enough that you cleared. You have to be excellent. Your life, no, 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 it's, it's not enough that you feel perfect. And he has put all things under his side, under his side. I'll be preaching a very, very powerful sermon today. <laughs> it's an assignment. It's an assignment. And ever since I became a dad last year, um, I like to start off with a few dad jokes. You know what dad jokes are? Dad jokes are like those dry jokes that you've got no choice but to laugh. Praise God. Yeah, so I'll I'll give you one of my best and laugh. What's the key? Laugh. The circumference of your mouth as you laugh will okay. Now let's <laughs> Okay, here here is one good one. Um yeah. This one got the most laughter at church. Ladies and gentlemen, can you start laughing? <laughs> okay, so the question is what was I I like that. <laughs> the question is what was Boaz's personality before he met his wife? He was ruthless. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> wonderful wonderful now um <laughs> um there was a man in the bible who was god's friend and this man got himself in a pickle what this man did that there's somewhere where he went and in that place his wife he observed his wife was beautiful because she was you know past the 50s 60s 70s but kings were checking her out so he actually felt he could get killed over his wife because his wife was beautiful and so this man whether he lied or told a skillful truth is up for debate right but then he decided to tell the part of the truth that suited him you know that people would do that and so what he informed the king was that this woman was his sister 
of which they had such a relation, I think step or something like that. And the king took hold of his wife to be one of his wives and even gave him gifts in exchange. That was a bad situation. And it was about to go haywire. Then something happened in Genesis 20, verse 3. Uh, you can give me from the New King James. Something happened in Genesis 20, verse 3. And that is the title of my sermon. Here is what happened. Notice, this man is the one who messed up. However, something happened. It says, but God... Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, I came on an assignment this afternoon. And this assignment is entitled, But God. <laughs> now, the Bible says, But God. If we're following English, when, when you see a word like, but then it means, look, something was supposed to go like this, and then there is an intervention. And so it says, but God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, you are a dead man <laughs> because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Next verse. But Abimelech had not come near, and he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? <laughs> Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And she, even she herself, said he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have done this. And God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. For I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Hmm. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet. And he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die. You and all who are yours. God stepped in. Have you ever had a situation? Have you ever had certain aspects of life that you can be a good planner, you can be a good this, you can be a good this, but there are certain things that just need God. Like where God just steps in and says, huh? okay, I'm stepping in on this situation. I love to call those but God moments but God moments. One time, I was in Kenya, and it was my first time in Kenya. And while I was there, the first thing I noticed as we were going to a certain place called Kakamega, I flew from Lusaka to Nairobi, then Nairobi to Kericho. So when going from Kericho to Kakamega, I noticed a lot of rocks on the road, and the rocks looked huge. And so I asked, what's going on? And so I was told, oh no, there were protests earlier during the day. Because at that time, there was, uh, it was election period, and the two leading candidates were Rayola Odinga and uh, the one who I think is coming out now, Kenyatta. And Kericho just happened to be the opposition party's stronghold. 
So they used to protest every Monday. It was a thing. Every Monday they would protest. <laughs> and I looked at the size of the rocks and I said, hey, okay. <laughs> and I was in Kakamega for about a week. Mighty things happened. God moved. I wrote songs about the food of Zambia, which I was missing. The usual. Monday, I was heading back. And I watched on the news in the morning, and I saw protests. So I thought, you know, I turned to the gentleman who was hosting me, and I asked, so what's the plan? Like, how are we <laughs> passing? And the guy gave me the answer I didn't want to hear. He said, by the grace of God. <laughs> and then the protests that I saw that side, as Zambia were nice people. No, I saw serious, not, not this stuff, not this, these games that we play in Zambia. I saw serious stuff that's like huge rocks. And I'm thinking, these guys, I came all the way from Zambia and you're telling me that we'll go back by the grace of God. <laughs> and I was supposed to be on a flight that day. And my flight to Lusaka was not connected to my flight to Nairobi. So if you postpone one, you have to pay for another one this side. We started going. And as we were going, I even texted a few people. I said, guys, pray for me. And then as we were heading, another car was coming the opposite direction. It was a military car. And it was broken. And so they were running away from where we were going. <laughs> But God, <laughs> you know what happened? All of a sudden, it started raining heavily. All of a sudden, it started raining heavily. And all the protesters went to the side. And we passed. And when we reached the airport, it stopped raining. What happened there? <laughs> Listen, that's something that school can get you. That's something that money can get you. That's at the realm of but God. Anyways, we're talking about Abraham. Let's continue. There was another guy called Jacob. Abraham's grandchild. This guy had issues. <laughs> he had issues. Everywhere he would go, <laughs> there were one or two to my things that would always happen. And interestingly, he started working for his father-in-law called Laban. And Laban was quite interesting. I'm sure you remember the story. Made him marry two wives and the like. And that's why we always say, check the bride. <laughs> you never know. And Jacob was at the verge of living with property by virtue of being under Laban. And he decided to live secretly. And so Laban decided to harm Jacob. And the following happened. Genesis 31, give me verse 23. And then we'll pay attention to verse 24. So Jacob decides to run away secretly. Laban decides, I'm going to harm this guy. And then he meets Jacob. And 
This is what he says. Then he took his brethren with him and pursued him for seven days' journey. And he overtook him in the mountains of Gilead. But God <laughs> had come to Laban the Syrian in a dream by night and said, Be careful that you speak to Jacob, neither good nor bad. There are some people right now who maybe may be having some situations in their workplaces where you've been targeted, you've been profiled. And someone has decided, no, I think we're just going to, let, let's find a way to get rid of, of, of this person. They're going to experience a bad God moment. A bad God moment. Where an opportunity they wanted to remove you from. Someone will say, I don't know why, but I just felt you should be the one to get this contract. Why? Because God is with you and he is your God. We'll continue. Now, that's what happened, right? And then Laban explains this situation in Genesis 31 verse 29. And look at what he says. He tells Jacob saying, it is in my power to do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, be careful that you speak to Jacob neither good nor bad. Ladies and gentlemen, God is moving us to a place where our destiny is not in the hands of men where our destiny is not determined by the mood somebody wakes up in that day. Can somebody say glory to God? <laughs> Take your seats. God is doing something. As I keep sharing this, find your place. Find your place. Jacob then also had a son called Joseph. <laughs> and Joseph's brothers decided to sell him. Joseph's brothers sold him. Joseph's brothers meant evil for him. And then one day Joseph meets his brothers and he recounts the story except with another version. Look at verse... <laughs> Praise God. Look at verse, let, let's start from verse 18. That's Genesis chapter 50. Turn to your neighbor and say, but God. Turn to another one and say, but God. <laughs> there was a time when the household of faith church used to meet in Sewela Hall. No, not Sewela. LT2 or LT1, whichever was available that Sunday. We know that we know that we, we know those struggles. <laughs> One day geography, cafeteria. Imagine, I think you've been with us from that time. Why would you leave? When 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 this is the moment to now enjoy the fruits. <laughs> Anyways. And some of the strangest things used to happen. If I remember that period, one, there were not many people who were working. Not many people who were working. <laughs> Number two, we knew every car. We then had, ah, oh, motor car. <laughs> because we knew every car. And at some point, 
We even had no instruments. We were clapping. We decided to stop hiring until we, and our man of God even went on a vow. He went on a vow. It was, it was beyond a fast. It was a vow until instruments were bought. And if I'm not mistaken, the first set, there was even like, they didn't reach, right? The first set that were paid for, something went wrong somewhere. So I still remember that period. And uh, money wasn't necessarily the easiest thing. But God. As in, I'll just get shocked. I'll just get shocked. We're discussing how was church. And this strange man would just come and... Do you remember that period when there would be a strange man who would attend Hof just to bring money and leave? You know, respectable amounts. You know those amounts that you go like... Come on, even if you are not there at that time, you've not read my diary of supernatural encounters. You find that encounter is there, right? There is a strange man who would just come and leave money. And I would, I, would, I would go back and pray, God, I want that strange man as well. <laughs> hey, that strange man. <laughs> Wherever he was from, there was a strange man who would bring money. But God, as in how could you explain? And then in a few years, where the church is at? Where the church is at? I'm told... If I'm not mistaken, not long ago, you were raising money for chairs, right? It was just like, it was just a simple thing. And within a short period, I think there was over 30,000 raised, right? Huh. What can we say about that? But God. Okay, let's look at Joseph. Hi. <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay. Now. It says, then his brothers went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? Verse 20. But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God <laughs> meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. And Joseph begins to explain to them, saying, look, you, brought, you sold me as a slave, but God has made me a father to Pharaoh. Not, not, not his assistant, not his servant, a father to Pharaoh. In short, whatever Joseph said, Pharaoh would listen. Whatever Joseph said, Pharaoh would listen. Why do, how do you think Pharaoh would believe that whole seven years thing? Seven years famine, seven years this. Because God had made Joseph a father to Pharaoh. God is raising you as fathers of generations, fathers of industries, fathers of, of, of multi-million dollar companies, fathers in the political space. God is raising you in the name of Jesus. Turn to somebody and say, but God. Turn to another one and say, but God. Have you Have you ever, do you know that God can promote? Have you ever had a day where you just woke up in the spiritual realm and you were promoted? Let me give you an example. There was a time we went to Mulungushi University. 
And I, I remember I was one of the speakers. Pastor Daniel accompanied us. And he wasn't a speaker. He wasn't, I don't think he was even on the program. He wasn't even uh, doing the exhortation for offering. He wasn't on the program. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was not being invited in that period. Now he invites himself. <laughs> so anyways. <laughs> he had a vision that day, if I'm not mistaken. That was the day. And in that vision, I think he wrote about it even in the book. God spoke and said, and spoke to him about the platform that he had given him. It meant in a moment there was a promotion. And I remember he told me that, and within a short period of time, you see, for the meeting we had, we all like came together. Within a short period of time, he organized his own, which was bigger than ours, and yet us, we had come together. What happened in that moment? There was a promotion in the spiritual realm. There is a place where God lifts you. Some of you here may be wondering, how will I manage through life without connections? Maybe I, I don't know someone there, I don't know someone there, the person I knew there, the person I knew there. We praise God for connections, they're okay. But I'll tell you this, sometimes, sometimes he'll use the ravens. Sometimes he'll use the widow. The method changes, but the same God. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that you will step into platforms you never had business stepping into. That's why you should pay attention to the teachings you're being taught, because they are preparing you for certain places. You will step into offices you never had business stepping into. You will find favor with people you are not related to. You will find favor with people who, <laughs> where it's beyond anything. You know why? Because exhortation comes from the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, Psalms chapter 75, verse 6, the Bible says, For exhortation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. What does it say? Verse 7, But God is the judge. He puts down one and exhorts another. When God exhorts a person, when God exhorts a person, you can imagine God speaks to Joshua one day. Now, Joshua was now about to lead fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters, people who had watched him growing up. And God speaks to him one day and says, today, I will exhort you in the presence of Israel. And he tells him, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That's an exhortation that comes from the Lord. It's an authority that comes from the Lord. And today I came to announce that you are being exhorted in the realm of the Spirit. Your rank is rising. The angels assigned to you are increasing. In the name of Jesus. Glory! I said Glory! Let's have, let's have two more verses, then we pray. We've got enough time to pray. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's have a few New Testament examples. You can take your seats. We'll read three scriptures. Praise God. 
Praise God. Ladies and gentlemen, I was going through a few photos the other week and I remembered one thing that changed my my entire mindset towards the miraculous. On the In the year 2013, we were scheduled to have a WEM conference on 1st and 2nd July. No, on 1st July, which was a Monday. Matter of fact, I think that was Pastor Daniel's first WEM conference. And I don't know, Pastor Daniel, if you remember, but the Friday, the week before, the lecturer, that man who had glasses, the one who was substituting for Dr. Chigunta, the lecturer says, this Monday you're all coming in for a test. And we immediately held hands and agreed. And then within a few seconds he said, I've changed my mind. You'll not come this Monday. You remember that, right? Then, um, we had that conference. And as I was ministering during that conference, I heard God say, pray for the guy with the shorter leg. So I'm standing there and I said, where is the guy with the shorter leg? And then the guy lifted his hands. Now, at that point, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and he came to the front. I'm thinking, what are we going to do today? And so I told everyone to just close their eyes and worship. They were not closing their eyes. <laughs> they opened their eyes to see. And uh, Pastor, Daniel had, Pastor Daniel had come in as our guest artist. And... <laughs> I'm telling you. And so Pastor Daniel was on the guitar, and he was the only one worshiping with me. And then the praise team were also like, <laughs> and so if I'm not mistaken, uh, Pastor Daniel, you were singing uh, first, I think. Yeah. And then in our head, we were singing, we <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> and I remember I laid hands like on the head, on the shoulder. Like I, I, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and then as that was happening, suddenly I heard God say, tell him to walk. And so I told him, just stand. And the moment he stood, it had grown out. And it was about three centimeters shorter. So, you know, I, I went back home like, like, you know, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, guys, I was, I, was, I was 18, so don't mind me. I was, I, was, I was 18, I was just doing what every 18-year-old does, you know, casting out devils and healing the sick. And so when I went home that night, I got a text from a certain lady, and she said, I would like to meet you tomorrow. My mom is not well, and she would like you to pray for her. I'm thinking piece of cake, like bring her home. And so I was thinking it's one of those simple things, you know, ulcers, you know, uh, maybe pains in the stomach, those, you know, those, that, those, those things that we deal with every, just one time, done. Then, next thing I see this woman entering on crutches. I said, hey. <laughs> and the woman looks at me 
And the first words were, man of God, I want to run. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, no, I'm not a man of God. I'm a boy of God. You know, I'm still, I'm still growing. And <laughs> I'm just a young man. And that day I taught a sermon on com something completely different, some emotional healing and just how your soul is important. Like I, I was trying to avoid physical at all, just how you should tend to your soul and stuff. Like I panicked. <laughs> I think I even asked for a few minutes. I went out. I called Pastor Mulele. I said, what do I do? He said, pray. <laughs> I thought he would say, bring her to me. <laughs> So I came back, and then we had a lot of time, and I was 18, so we measured. Uh, it was about 23 centimeters shorter. There was a leg that was 23 centimeters shorter because of arthritis. We measured. We had, we had time. And so I began to speak, and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, grow out! And then nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. <laughs> And you know how I can tell you're a church of miracles? Because you're all shocked that nothing happened. And then, so you know, nothing happened. And so I told her to like check. So maybe, maybe in her eyes, it would have grown, <laughs> would have grown maybe just, just a bit. And then I would encourage her. <laughs> Hopefully never see her again. I was 18. So now, the moment I told her to check, we just heard the sound like, boh, literally, like, and it like had grown up to like here and then she started screaming ah, ah, ah. and then you know I was there pretending I knew it was going to happen all along <laughs> so you know I was just standing like this like, <laughs> and within a few more seconds it had grown out next she was walking she was, we took photos we, we, we did everything we could do we had time wonderful miracle it messed me up. <laughs> By that I mean it, it removed a certain screw in my head. It made me start thinking, is there anything God can do? And I remember that night, I'm just standing there reflecting on the day. And I heard God say, you've got a problem. I'm thinking, today I should be among the top three men of God in the world. Like, top three, like when God is looking around, I'm, I'm in the top three. I was young. And then <laughs> he responded, I created the world. You thought I couldn't create a leg. And so you know what I did? I went on rampage. Pastor Daniel and I stayed going about looking for shorter legs. Like, when, when look like, like anybody, like anybody who visits. I'm telling you, some of you probably are even in here. And we just went on rampage, and I saw crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. This man called Noel calls me and says, I was in an accident in 2001. I, I need prayer. And so I, I, he comes with his friend, and they're all like huge men. And I'm thinking, is he? Like, God, this, you brought me my baby. <laughs> and, 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 and the leg grew out, and then the metal which was in his hand turned to flesh. Like, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. The first time I saw that was at Unza. In a room, we went to pray for someone. Now, 
Why have I told you that? Because of the following. Matthew 19. Let me tell you something about the miraculous. Matthew 19 from verse 25. Jesus is talking about rich men and stuff like that and the disciples were a bit concerned because it means either the disciples had a lot of money or they were not planning to be broke, one of the two. Because Jesus had said it is easier for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. If the disciples loved poverty, they would have said, hey, praise God. <laughs> Instead, they said, hey, <laughs> who then can be saved? <laughs> Verse 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to realize this. That one of the promises that has been given in the Bible is, I will be their God. Now, I, I really want you to get me on this one. You find this in at least 48 instances in the scriptures where the promise kept being, I will be their God, I will be their God, I will be their God. If you are to read the Old Testament, your God determined your, your victory. When nations would gather to fight, it wasn't just a fight of men. It was a fight of gods. That's why before they would fight, they would shout out the name of their god. So you find before they go into battle, they would say, Jehovah El Gibor! Or maybe they would say, Jehovah Nisi! Because it was not just a fight of physical things. It was a fight of gods. So meaning, when Jehovah comes to a nation and says, I will be their god and they will be my people. It means that from now on, when Moses is praying, even if the people are being stubborn, Moses can say, God, what will they think of you? Because this is a nation that you have said, these are my people. It means that from now on, <laughs> David can now face a Goliath. And even if all he has is a slingshot and rocks, what he can say is that you come to me with sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Why? Because the name of the Lord was going to be attached to that particular people. And interestingly, that same promise is given in the New Testament. And in the New Testament, he still reminds us, he still tells us, he says, come out from among them and I'll walk among you. Meaning I'll perambulate, I'll inspect your borders. For I will be your God and you'll be my people. Now, him being our God is not just in the sense of fellowship and friendship. You must understand this. God is not a man. God, God, God is, I, I don't even know how best to describe him, but you can't remove the miraculous from God. You can't remove the supernatural from God. You can't remove that. No wonder Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and said, we know that you, look, us we teach, but for you we know. Yeah, the teacher sent from God. Because no one can do these miracles unless God was with him. And listen to me, God is with you. He's also with you. He's also with you over there. And there are dimensions of him that we're pressing into today. Where we're going to experience great signs and wonders. Signs and wonders in our lives. Signs and wonders by the hands of believers. Great signs and wonders. Um, your pastor and I haven't just done ministry together. 
We literally lived together for some time. I know what I'm talking about. We've seen things. We've seen things. I remember your pastor being shown in a dream a certain job which was his. Do you remember that? And he went there and they told him it's not his. He went back because God had shown him. That, 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 that's but God. That's but God. <laughs> I remember there are times, out, and it, it happened even today. Wait, have you ever woken up to a food tank you didn't put? <laughs> a food tank you didn't put because God is just with you. Ladies and gentlemen, give God room to be God. Like, there are moments where you should just allow him to shock you. Now, maybe my final things <laughs> for today, before I minister to one or two people. My final things for today. Listen to me. Ladies and gentlemen, someone may ask, Apostle, how do I unlock this? How do I unlock these dimensions? I will say some things very quickly. You see, there are moments that happen as a result of God's divine sovereignty. But God in his mercy has given us an opportunity to participate in divinity. One of the things is to be prepared. Let me explain. You know how they say when opportunity meets preparation, right? Now imagine when <laughs> divinity meets preparation. When you read in John 6, have you ever read the story about that boy who came with the fish and the bread, right? And the interesting thing, when I read that scripture, my mind sees it a bit differently. First, I think he had a good mother. There were no boys. <laughs> I don't think boys are naturally always that prepared. Three days in, and only one, one person thought of carrying food. One person. It means that for that boy, having lunch that day was not a miracle. Having lunch that day was as a result of his preparation. Do you know what the miracle was for him? The fact that his lunch fed everyone. Whereas for the unprepared ones, lunch was a miracle. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, when you understand that, you value why pastor will have so many preparatory meetings. You value why, I think yesterday there was a protocol meeting, right? You value why there will be a meeting for this, a meeting for this, a meeting for this. Because when we increase our levels of administrations, it's like the fish and the loaves. We've done our strategies, we've done our plans, we've done our applications, we've done our studies, we've done this. Then we give God the fish and the loaves and say, shock me. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so one of the keys is actually preparation. That's why genuine, like people who genuinely know how God works, and believe in the miraculous, actually very hardworking. Because they know that their level of preparation increases the standard of miracles. Why? Because for him, he will always do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or imagine. And when I think of the word imagine, for me, I don't think of this like just daydreaming. After all, God imagined the earth. I think of imagining like a plan, like a vision. Praise God. Preparation. Another key ladies and gentlemen, is to be daring, is to be daring. There is something about Isaac sowing in the time of a famine 
That makes God say, aha, now this is the time for me to give the blessing. There is something about people who are daring, people who are willing to step out, produce movies and put them at Stakenico. I don't know if you're getting my point. There is something about people who are daring that just attracts the hand of God. Be daring. Somebody is not well. Go there and pray for them. You, the miracle won't happen by you your heart. Praise God. Be daring. Be daring. The third one I'll tell you. Grow in your relationship with God. Grow in your relationship with God. Do you know that relationship naturally attracts favors? Relationships naturally attract favors. I don't know if you're hearing me. Um, Pastor Daniel can call me at any time. I'll answer if I've seen the call. <laughs> and I'll also call back. But what I'm trying to say is, um, what brought me here today with this word is not just, is firstly the fact that God is the one who commissioned it, but secondly, it's relationship. It's relationship. For example, do you know that those who give have a special relationship with God? Don't argue with me, it's in the scriptures. It says God is unwilling to do without a cheerful prompt to do it giver whose heart is with his giving. It says God loves, prizes above all things a cheerful giver. That's him. Grow in your relationship with God. It's very important. Grow in your relationship with God. You'll see more. Praise God. The next one, be around believers. Be around believers. Do you know that when you're around believers, grace is shared. When you're around believers, do you know that grace is shared? I can tell you of things that I heard from pastor. Right now, I'm teaching a series on Wednesdays. Do you know what that series is entitled? It's entitled The Law of Priorities. <laughs> I'm sure, you don't, I'm sure you don't even have to guess where I heard it from, right? Except, I think it was taught at the same one. I'm teaching a series, literally, because it just did something. And do you know how it happened? We were having a conversation. Malachi 3.16 says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. There, you may not know this, Perhaps you now do. But you know that there are things that God takes note of when believers are having discussions. And I've, be, I've noticed from my time in the faith that those things start becoming a manifestation in their lives. Like when believers are sitting, ah, the big things will do. They're this, they're this, they're this. The big projects will do in the church. There are angels that are taking note. Books of remembrance are being written. And when God is thinking, okay, I want to do something in that ministry, is there any person who talked about it? Oh, there's that one who talked about it. Uh, there was that time Minister Mono and Wandi were discussing. And, and, and as they were discussing, they were saying, we need to be at this level so we can do this. So that's the person to assign to. Because books of remembrance are opened. In case you wanted to know, some discussions attract demons. 
there are some discussions that attract demons. Discussions on rebellion. What spirit do they attract? Spirit of witchcraft, scripturally. For Paul to go to a church and say, who bewitched you? Meaning convince them to think. <laughs> they were convinced to start thinking a certain way. That bewitching happened through discussions. That's why you should not miss church for any reason. Don't miss church because in church there is multiplied grace. Grace multiplies in the house of God. You know, sometimes you'd hear people say things like, um, hey, those healings can happen anywhere. They could have happened at home. It's just a God. How come they never happened at home? Why did they happen at church? How come they happened at church? Now, I'm not saying miracles can't happen at home. But how come they happen in specific meetings? Because you'll find that there is grace upon that ministry. And there is a way people are believing collectively. Imagine that one has come with his fire. 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 That one has come with their... <laughs> and then we all come together. Can you imagine the glories that are released? Just by believers having fellowship together. Scripturally, there's an anointing that is poured out. Just by believers. It says how beautiful it is when brethren dwell together in unity. It is like the anointing coming down from Aaron's head, down to his beard, all the way down. And it's interesting that the anointing flows downwards, not horizontally. That's why submission is important. Being the word, being the word, your favorite scripture, I'm sure you know it, eh? So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those that are sanctified. You know how I see that verse? Each person has their lot. The Bible says, you maintain my lot. My lines have fallen in even places. I have a godly heritage. In the land called testimonies, each person has their portion. Each person has their story. Each, God wants us all to get to a place where when we say it's time for testimonies, we have to do, pick it, pick it up, pick it, drop it. I hope those are the lyrics you know. But then, <laughs> because if we are to hear from that one, my God will be like, wow. When we hear from that one, we'll be like, hey. We hear from that one, we're like, hey. Why? Because each person has their lot. Each person has their space. Each person belongs to the land of testimonies. You all have a plot there. I don't know if you're hearing me. Every person has a plot in the land of testimonies. But how do you get there? By the word. That's why here at the International Believers Abroad, we are bringing believers into their inheritance by the word of God. Be in prayer. And you know, as you are praying, be very expectant. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Meaning there are certain things that come specifically for those who are diligent in the way they seek him. And that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I don't know if you're getting my point. Where you know you can build up certain dimensions. For example, you go on a 14-day prayer and fasting. What are you doing? You're building it. You're building it. But each day as you're praying, you're believing that he's the one who rewards those who diligently seek him. So even the day you don't have a prayer point, you're praying. Even the day you don't feel like it, you're praying. You're building. 
If it means you doze off, it's better that way than not praying at all. What are you doing? You're building. You're building. You're building. Before you know it, it just explodes and there's a popcorn anointing all over. I don't know if somebody's hearing me. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a realm that God sent me to announce today. I would like us to be upstanding. I want us to lift our hands.